How y'all doing? Man, a bunch of people out there. Uh, when Jace asked me to speak, uh, he just told me to talk about the one thing I would tell my generation. And uh, I guess that was, that was probably two months ago, a month and a half ago. And uh, what I want to do is I want to I try to give to you all a, a description of the Christian life, what it should look like, how it should be lived, all that stuff. And uh, I want to ask you a question. Who are you living for? Because, I mean, if you're living for Christ, He's the center of your life and nothing else matters. Everything you do points to Him. Everything you do uh, comes back to Him and your life revolves around Him. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles to uh, the verse that this worship service is named after, Matthew 6.33. Uh, this, uh, this is Jesus speaking to a crowd. This is His Sermon on the Mountain. And uh, He's telling the crowd about how they worry about what they eat. They worry about whether they're going to get their clothes, their food, and everything. And uh, He's telling them, Seek ye first, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is given us. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Basically, he's saying there, if you, as long as you're seeking his kingdom, everything you need will be given to you. you I mean, your clothes, food, shelter. I mean, everything you need. And uh, also, flip a couple of pages back, Matthew four ten. Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. That's pretty much self-explanatory. If you're a Christian, you're worshiping the Lord only, and you're serving Him only, and nobody else. Uh, and you're worshiping Him because He died the worst death imaginable on the cross to pay for your sins. And people forget exactly what He did, all the facts and everything. He, he went through the worst possible torture and death anybody could, has ever done. Crucifixion is the worst ex death by execution of any history of man. And uh, he was beaten, cursed, they spit on him. Uh, he was beaten severely. They, there's a thing called a cat of nine tails, and it grabs into your skin, and they just rip it. And it, they did that, you know, a bunch of times on his back. So he's bleeding. He's already, you know, half dead, and they put the crown of thorns on him, big, long thorns, take a stick and jab it into his skull. And so he's bleeding, he's got the crown of thorns on his head, and they put this big piece of wood on his back, and he's got to carry it all the way up this hill. And they crucified him there. And crucifixion is the slowest, most painful death of ever. That's just the worst death he could possibly die. And he took on the sins of the whole world. Took on my sins and your sins. And uh, paid for them. He didn't sweep them under the rug. He didn't, he didn't, he just paid for them. He covered everything. And he could have stopped it. He could have done it another way, but he didn't. They told him straight up. The people standing there, they said, if you're the Christ, save yourself. But he didn't. He stayed on. He stayed on the cross. And uh, if you're... Uh, are you, are you living for the one that saved you? Are you living for Him? Are you living for Christ? 
If you are, that means that you've been transformed. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that, that explains itself. If, uh, if you're a Christian, you've been, you've been transformed. And you've got a new way of thinking. You've got a new conscience. Everything changes. Everything completely changes. Uh, let's see. And after, after you change, everything else just starts to fade away. Worldly things start to fade away. Uh, stuff, just doesn't, stuff just doesn't matter anymore. Stuff that mattered before, you used to get all worked up about it. It just doesn't, it doesn't phase you anymore. And uh, I get, I get real worked up about stuff. I might not show it, but I get real. Like, I got a good story. Uh, Caleb McKeever, he's on the shotgun team, and James, where's James and Shelby and Ramsey and Sierra, and uh, 4-H shotgun team. And like this past season, we got a couple weeks, couple weeks into it, and uh, Caleb started hitting perfect rounds every week. And uh, I started watching him. I started getting a little jealous, you know. So I started hitting him. And uh, he, he probably didn't know this, but I got jealous of him. <laughs> I was jealous. I was like, I ain't going to let a, ain't gonna let a rookie beat me out this year. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I got all, you know, worked up about it. And uh, we get to state competition at Rock Eagle. And this joker hits perfect round. And uh, I'm watching him and... I get up there, I was like, oh, I can do this. This is, this is my sport. I can do this. I can beat him. And I didn't do it. I hit like 24. <laughs> and, uh, boy, I, I, got, I got pretty mad about that. But, but uh, he's, he's a good shot. He's just as good or better than me and Shelby and James and Sierra. And, uh, but stuff like that just doesn't, it doesn't get to you anymore. It doesn't, you just don't worry about that kind of thing. Because you, you realize it just doesn't matter. And uh, I love what Jay said a couple weeks ago. Christians aren't very religious people. And they're not. Christianity is not really a religion. An example of a religion is uh, Islam. Where they have, you have to pray seven times a day. Facing Mecca. Whatever the town is. It's a bunch of crazy <laughs> stuff. And uh, that's, that's, an, that's a religion. But when you believe in Christ. It's your whole life changes and you display him 24-7 you're constantly displaying Christ everything you do everything you say just reflects him mirrors him uh, and you're, it's real it's real people and they stand out from the crowd they, you can tell they don't really belong here because they don't act like everybody else they don't act like the rest of the school does they don't, they don't just, they just they stand out and uh, it says in the Bible, we're just, we're just travelers to this world. This, this is not our home. This, this is not where we, where we belong. And it's true. Uh, we're not going to be here for very long. Uh, are you living for Him? Are you living for Christ? If you are, you'll shine for Him. And by shine, I mean display Him 24-7. Uh, you have a responsibility 
if you're a Christian, to every single person you come in contact with, every single one, to show the love of Christ to him or her. And uh, that, I mean, that includes enemies. It includes bullies. I mean, crazy teachers. It's, e- it's easy to hate people. It's real easy to hate them if they, if they do you wrong, if they don't treat you right. And, uh, but you can't... That's not, that's not what Jesus says. That's not, that's not what He wants you to do. You, he wants you to love them. And it's hard to... And uh, it's easy to condemn people that the world finds guilty. The world finds them guilty of whatever because it's wrong in, you know, in people's eyes. And so it's easy for you to condemn them. Uh, let's see, I had a verse for that. Flip to uh, Matthew 24. Verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my, but my words will never pass away. This is not, this earth is not permanent. This, is, this earth will pass away. And, and it's, it'll just be wiped out. And are you living for Him? Are you living for the one that, that's going to wipe this world out? Let's see. And the truth is, I'm no better than any of them that the world condemns. None of us are any better than them. Sin is sin. And it's all equal in God's eyes. And uh, He can't look at it. He can't stand to be around it. And flip to uh, Matthew 6, verse 25. Uh, I've got a few just little... Guidelines I go by. Have faith. That's the biggest one for me is having faith. Because if you don't have faith, you don't have nothing. Uh, United States Marine Corps has a motto, Semper Fidelis. It's a Latin translation. It means always faithful. And that, I try to make that my motto. I try to make that the Christian's motto. Because if you're always faithful, that means always. When it's bad, when times are bad, times are good. When you're rich, when you're poor, when you're sick, everything. You're always, always faithful. And uh, don't worry. I mean, don't worry about earthly mess that goes on because it, it just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, and let's see, I have verse. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? That's true. You can't add any time to your life by worrying. You might, I don't know, you might solve the problem, but you're not adding anything to your life. And uh, just live your life and uh, live it for him. And that's, that's the one thing I want to get across to y'all is, is to live for Him. Live for Christ. And that's it. That's all I got. Awesome. Thank you, church. 
was being rescued and transformed into the very nature of Christ, into life, into godliness. And the reason we don't listen to it. And when I say we, I mean me too. That's Matthew 6.33. But the reason Christ said that, and Tripp and I talked about this this afternoon, the very reason Christ said that was because the people he was gathered around on, on top of the mountain, this was during the Sermon on the Mount, and the people gathered around him, the disciples, the Jewish people, everybody around him, he was looking at them and saw their focus on worldly things. He saw their focus on what clothing they were going to wear, on what they were going to eat, on what kind of cart they were going to drive. I don't know. Henry Ford hadn't, wasn't here yet. You know, you know, I don't know if there was a certain kind of donkey that was the, you know, the Cadillac of donkeys. I don't have a clue, you know, but, you know, uh, he saw a horse as the Cadillac of donkeys. Okay, maybe so, you know. Okay, donkey-like. You know, I don't know exactly some of the worldly things that they had their mind on, but Christ looked out over the crowd and he saw this and he was like, folks, I mean, really? I mean, have you not, I mean, just, I mean, even in today, just walk across the street to Carroll's Park. I was outside taking some pictures today. I mean, just walk across the street. There are some flowers over there, and I'm not really a flower guy, but I mean, I'm walking by and I'm like, oh my gosh, these flowers are blooming. I mean, it wasn't like 100 degrees last week or something. I mean, like they are beautiful. And I'm sitting here in this passage. God says, look at the lilies of the field. I mean, aren't they clothed in splendor? Look at the birds of the air. I mean, don't they have all the food in the world? I mean, they don't worry about food. They just fly around. Oh, there's a worm. You know what I mean? It happens. And so as Christ looks out over all this, he looks at his people and says, in the same way, you should not worry. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything you need will follow. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the, uh, the $60,000 truck with the huge mud-bogging tires and the you know, $5,000 winch on the front. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that. But it means that he's going to provide and give you everything that you need. And I think we forget that. I think, I know for me, I take it all, I'm a control freak, and I try to control everything. You know, I have the best way. I have the better idea. You know, God, you know, you gave me this gift. You gave me this talent. Let me use it, you know. And God's up there saying, no, I created you. Let me take care of you. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let me breathe life into you every morning when you wake up. Let me be your provider. And so I think that's the challenge tonight. Noah and the band have a song, awesome song. We haven't sung it in here yet. Um, I have a feeling you're going to be hearing a lot in the coming weeks. Um, it's a new song called Mystery. And it's just about this whole idea of Christ coming down and as Tripp talked about, going to the cross, the worst death 
ever created by mankind. I mean, tell me that was a coincidence. And on the cross, the entire time he was there, he was thinking of us. He was thinking of our sin. And I think even more than that, he was thinking of the life that he was going to breathe into us. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. And I think, as Christians, what are you living for? Are you living for everything that you see? Are you living for what you can touch, and what you can feel, and what you can have right here, right now in the world? Or are you living for the unseen creator who promises that one day he will return and he won't be unseen anymore because he's come and he has died and he's coming back again. As the band plays this, we're going to stand and maybe you just want to deal with Christ right there where you're at. Maybe you want to come up here and pray. Um, Whatever you want to do, now's your time.